God for giving us hope in Jesus. We celebrate him tonight and recognize that that when he was born, hope came into the world because if you remember what the scriptures teach us, that the world had been in darkness for so long, waiting, waiting for their Messiah, waiting for their deliverer. And you know, hope is born out of promise. Did you ever think of that? Why do we have hope? It's because there is a promise of something different, of something new, of something better. So hope is born out of a promise. And tonight I simply want to just remind us from the scriptures the fact that we have hope because there were promises in the past made to God's people. There are promises that we have now as his church. And there are promises that remind us that there is a future and there is a hope. So there are past promises and present promises and future promises. But see, hope is born out of those promises. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but um, I, uh, I grew up a big fan of the Star Wars movies. Is anybody a big fan? You, okay, that's good. Thank you. There's always been that debate in our church. Is it Star Trek or is it Star Wars? And, but that's okay. That, that's, that's for another time. When we get in, okay, very good. We could do that, right? And, uh, but here's the thing. So I, I mean, I'm going to date myself now, but I actually saw in the theaters the very first one ever made in 19... Thank you. I didn't want you to say it, see? I was trying to just, you know, pass over that. 1977. I saw it in the movies with my family. And I didn't want to see it. I didn't know what it was about. But we went. And from that first opening of the scrolling of the words, when the music comes in, I was hooked. But do you remember the tagline, the name of that very first one ever made? It's called A New Hope. But see, that was the first one that was ever made. Then, of course, they went back and and made the previous three in the storyline to kind of give us a history. But that first one that was made is called A New Hope. And so now, of course, there's been so many movies, and we have the new one that's out, and I haven't seen it yet. So if you've seen it after the service, please don't tell me anything about it, okay? Please. I probably just opened up a can of worms there, and everybody's going to want to tell me. But, of course, there's these other movies now that are coming out. There's a whole Star Wars sort of universe, so to speak. And there was one that came out I really liked called Rogue One. You remember that? And, and, and basically that was telling the story uh, of sort of a band of, of rebels. And, and they were fighting against the, the evil empire. Remember that? And, and they were committed to seeing their, their mission through because they were trying to get plans for the Death Star, right? So the Alliance could go ahead and find a way to destroy it. So in A New Hope, the very first one that, that, that they made, it starts with that. Remember the whole plans being passed to Princess Leia and all that? Anyway, I won't go on with that, but I'm kind of getting excited, right? So I want to go see it. And so, but what happens is this, this movie, Rogue One, kind of gives us a little backstory. What happened right before that? How did Princess Leia get those plans, see? But there was a group of people who were committed to a mission. They were willing to give their life for it. And there was a line in that movie that was said by one of the main characters. And she said, rebellion is born out of hope. See, they had hope for a better future. They had hope that good would win over evil. And they were willing to give their life for it. 
But that line is so important that rebellion is born out of hope, meaning they had such a hope that things would be different. But when we turn to the pages of Scripture, we see a similar story unfolding that all the way back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve were created, we know that it was perfect and God gave them the beautiful Garden of Eden. Do you remember how many rules He gave them to follow? There was one. Didn't do so good with just that one, did they? But we know, of course, then what happened. Sin entered into the story. That's the the drama beginning to unfold in our story. But right then and there, in those those same words, when we see sin entering into the picture and into our world, which we all know so much about, of course, what happens is God makes a promise. You remember that? God promised right away that He would one day send the Redeemer. He would one day send someone, a person, to go ahead and rescue God's people. To restore God's creation. Remember, he created, says he created all things and it was good. And then he created Adam and Eve and he said it was really good. It was very good. And, but yet, because of sin, that goodness was marred. And it was no longer perfect. But see, right away there was a promise... For a better future, a promise that gave mankind hope. See that? So hope is born out of a promise. Even like in the Star Wars story, they said rebellion is born out of hope. Like they were willing to do what it took and to follow that mission because there was hope of what was going to happen in the end. Now Jesus was born into this world. Do you know why he was born? He was born to die. Jesus was born with a mission from the Father. As you read the pages of Scripture, you notice how Jesus often goes by himself to spend time with the Father. He needed that alone time to make sure that he was on track with his mission. Because, of course, we we recognize that he was truly and fully God and truly and fully man at the same time. And so in his humanity, he needed to have that time because we have in Jesus, the Bible calls a great high priest now who knows what it's like to experience suffering like we do pain and sorrow and mourning. And he had to work and he recognizes and knows what that was like. And so he had to be born in order to experience that. But Jesus Christ was born out of a promise from his father so many years prior. In Isaiah 9-2, it says, familiar words, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. See, the world was in darkness at that time. And the people of God were, were desperate for that Messiah that had been promised. And there was darkness, there was oppression, and, and there, were, there were enemies surrounding them. And see, it says that they were walking in great darkness because of that and because of their disobedience. But it said that they have seen a great light. It's something that took place in Isaiah's time, but it was also, of course, a foreshadowing of what would happen. When Jesus came into the world, he flooded the world with light. And doesn't light bring us hope? Do you ever try to fumble your way through the dark? You get up in the middle of the night, you try to get somewhere and, and, uh, and you know, trying to get your milk and cookies or your midnight snack or whatever it is, right? 
and you're, you're stumbling and tripping over things because it's all dark. But what happens when you shine a little bit of light on something? Well, there's hope because we can then see. Eyes are then opened. And so the promise that was made of the Messiah came to light and came to fruition when Jesus Christ was born. So the light came, the, the light that they had hoped for. They were surrounded by darkness. It was a dark time in the people's history when Isaiah wrote these words. The oppression was heavy and, and their fears ran deep. You know, when darkness overwhelms us, whatever that might look like, maybe it's the loss of a, a job or a loved one. Maybe it's a struggle in a personal relationship. We all hope that it would be better And maybe there's relationships in your life that you're hoping that in 2020 will be mended and restored. God can do that. Maybe that's something we should pray for. Perhaps there's something you've been fearing, and it's a fear that's running deep in your life. You can give that back to God because God is a God of hope, and God is a promise keeper. See, he promised rescue. He promised reconciliation and redemption, and he promised renewal, and he promised rebirth. He promised salvation. He promised that things would be different. So there are past promises that we base our hope on. Why can we hope in God? Because he made promises and he fulfilled them. Jesus was the fulfillment of a promise. We can say amen to that, right? He was the fulfillment of a promise. But how about present promises? Those are perhaps the ones we really want to know about. What is God promising for me today? I encourage you, first of all, to go back and read Ephesians chapter 1. When you go home, read Ephesians chapter 1. It tells you all about who you are as a believer in Christ. It says you have every spiritual blessing that you need. It's a beautiful passage to remind you and encourage you. But we have present promises now. 2 Corinthians 4 tells us this. For, and some of you might have memorized this out of desperation, and that's good. It says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. The things that are seen now are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. See, that's the promise right now. That's the promise for believers, church, that, that all of these afflictions and sufferings that are going on in our life, Paul says that these are light and momentary. But does it feel like that when you're going through it? Does it feel light? No. Does it feel momentary? No, it feels like it's going to last forever. But Paul is saying, you know what? These are all in preparation For an eternal weight, not of suffering, but of glory. And he says it's beyond all comparison. So he says, stop looking at the things we can see now. But look to the things that are unseen. Don't just look at the things that are transient and temporal. But look at the things that are true and everlasting and eternal. For believers, this is a wonderful promise. First Peter tells us, Peter says, we should always be ready to give an account for what? For the hope that is within us. And what a beautiful picture because it means that we do have hope because Jesus said that he came for us and that he would return for us. See, that's our blessed, our present hope. And that sustains us even now. 
that are our momentary light afflictions he knows about and he will help to sustain us until he fulfills that other promise of returning. But Peter says we should always be ready to, ready to give an account of that hope, shouldn't we? Because the world needs hope. Do you know that we are God's plan for hope in this world? It is Jesus, but see, we, we reflect that light. The light that came into the world over 2,000 years ago, we are now called to reflect that light. It's his light, not ours. But we reflect it to a dark and hopeless world. So even as we sit in mere darkness, we have these candles lit around us to remind us there is light. And sometimes it might seem like a flicker, but we know as believers, it burns bright in us. But you know, also, the writer of Hebrews He says these beautiful words. He says, we have this hope, meaning hope in Jesus, as an anchor for our soul. Did you ever read that? It's in Hebrews 6. And he says, we have a hope. And it's like an anchor for our soul. We all know what an anchor does, right? But you know that often we read in uh, in the history of, of sailing. And what would happen is often as a ship would come into port, sailors would disembark and they would go ahead to find the right place, a good place where it was deep enough to set anchor, right? To put the anchor in. Who is it that went ahead of us to give us a hope that is our anchor? Jesus Christ did. He went ahead of us and he did that for us. He took us, he he took our sins upon himself on that cross. and, And then he told his disciples, he said, you know what? After I do that, I'm, I'm going to have to leave for a while. But I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. So we have that hope. That's the hope that should anchor us during the times of storms and trials and tribulations. Maybe you walked in here tonight and you're sensing that there are some maybe storms that are brewing. You know, it said that every storm starts with one drop of rain. But you know what? God knows about every drop of rain in the storms in your life. But we can have hope. Because God promised Jesus and he kept that promise. And Jesus promised that that our light and momentary afflictions would be preparing for us a weight of glory beyond all comparison. And we should always be ready to give an account of that hope. Because we are people of hope. And we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn King peace on earth and mercy Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in
promise made a long time ago that the problem of this world would be remedied and that there would be a redeemer and a reconciler. There would be a Messiah that would come to save God's people from their problem. And that problem was their sinfulness. And so that past promise was fulfilled in the birth of Jesus, what has gathered us here this evening. 
But in the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Messiah, those who believe in what he did 33 years later on the cross, those who believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, that it was done for them to take away their sin. And those who believe now have a hope. And we often call it the blessed hope. It is the hope that the Messiah will return. We look forward to His return. And there are many promises in the Scriptures that tell us that He will. And of course, He said it Himself. You know, hope is an amazing thing. Hope is something that is often elusive to a world in darkness. It can even be elusive to us people people who uh, have believed and received that new life in Jesus Christ. We can often be grasping in the dark for that hope, but recognize this church that we no longer need to have those fears and to grasp that hope because that hope is within us. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, always be ready to tell somebody the story about the hope that is within you. Not just the hope that you read about or the hope that you heard about. He said, is the hope that it is within you. You know, the wise men, the magi, they went and they they sought him out. They asked questions about where to find the baby Jesus. Kind of like those that are still seeking Jesus today. And maybe you're here tonight and you're still seeking. And maybe you're still wondering, who is this Jesus? Perhaps it has seemed so elusive to you to have that hope and that peace that's not just fleeting based on your circumstances, but a true peace and a true hope and a true joy that supersedes all of your circumstances and goes way beyond what's going on in your life now. For those that are still seeking, for those that are not sure what to do with this Jesus, the one that we proclaim was born into this world so long ago, He came to bring hope to a hopeless world. And His message to you tonight is simple and it is clear. It is one of love and joy and peace and hope. Four words that we hold so significant and close to our hearts this time of year. It is what we call the good news. It is the gospel of grace that the Bible tells us about. You see, the Word of God first shows us that we have a problem. It was that problem that entered into the world that is problem that's called sin. And that problem means that we are all born separated from God because of sin. And there is an eternal penalty for that condition. But we also learn in the pages of Scripture that there is a provision to remedy our situation. It is not something we can provide ourselves because, well, God is perfect And see, God is holy. So someone, somehow, we must be made perfect and holy to be reconciled to Him. Because no amount of sin can enter into His presence. See, so God, in His infinite wisdom, His infinite love and compassion, He gave that provision Himself. It was actually Himself, Jesus, the incarnate God, the baby that we remember and celebrate tonight. Because only God Himself could make such a provision. In Jesus' death and resurrection, salvation is provided to the whole world. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him 
would never die but have everlasting life. Talk about promises. There is our promise. It is free to us as a gift, but it cost him everything. The life of his only son, Jesus. That's why we give gifts at Christmas. Did you know that? We do it remembering and representing and understanding the greatest gift ever given to us in Jesus. As we give gifts to others. Some of you might be going home tonight and celebrating Christmas Eve with your family. That's part of our family tradition. And uh, we like to stay up late and, and our little uh, nephews and nieces, and they wind up usually, they're a little older now, but they, they would just fall asleep in the wrapping paper. Isn't that fun when that happens and then you get to take all the pictures and then you post them on Facebook and then they get embarrassed and that's the way it is, right? But it's just like we love to do that. But why are we giving those gifts? We do it in remembrance of Jesus. In remembrance of the greatest gift that God ever gave because that gift was a promise. So the Bible also reveals not only was there a problem, but there was a provision and that is Jesus to remedy our sin problem. But it also reveals this promise that to receive this free gift, all we need to do is believe. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So faith is the way we receive that gift. It says it's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. Salvation is the gift. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God the only way back to God, and that he did what he said he was going to do. Die on your behalf to pay the penalty of your sin. Come back to life to defeat death for you. Believe, because that is the promise for salvation, which gives us the only real hope of a future. That although things in this world may not get better, all of the turmoil that surrounds us and whirling around us, We know that our only hope is in Jesus. We can still hope. Because 2,000 years ago, hope was born. Bringing light to overcome the darkness so that the truth can be seen. See, church, we are called to reflect that light so that the truth of Jesus can be seen. Because hope is born in a promise. So we, we are to give an account for that hope. Because we are the people of hope. Because people need to know that there is a promise for them and that there is hope. And once we know that truth, the Bible says you will be set free. Free to enjoy peace and embrace His love and to hope for a future where God never leaves you or abandons you. See, God promised His people a Messiah, a Savior, and delivered on that promise on that holy night. And in Him, hope was brought into this world. These words... I'm about to read to you, were spoken by God through the prophet Jeremiah to his chosen people almost 2,500 years ago while his people were in exile from their homeland. He gave them this promise so they would have hope of one day being rescued. See, the people of Israel were in exile because of their disobedience, but God gave them hope and said, one day I will rescue you and bring you back to your homeland. Now, church, as believers, our citizenship is in heaven. That is our true homeland. And Jesus said, one day I'll come back and take you from exile back to your true home. And we can say amen to that. That is our blessed hope. That is a promise that gives us hope for the future. Right? And that the birth of Jesus brought that promised hope into the world. So, I encourage you. 
have hope this Christmas. Have hope this Christmas, no matter what is going on in your life. Recognize that we even, uh, we sing to him and we, we worship him. And earlier we sang songs about how we don't even need to fear any longer. Because it's all been turned over to him. So we don't need to fear the darkness. But we can hope in the light. The light that was born into this world. Let's pray. And we're going to end our, our time with a couple of songs that will remind us even more so to focus our attention continually on the hope that we have in Him. Father God, Lord, Your Word is so powerful. And Your Word is what really brings us hope because Your Word was alive. Your Word is alive. You tell us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank You for being with us, our God. Thank You for being with us that that you are here even now to remind us of your goodness and your grace and to remind us of your holiness which just keeps us in awe of you. So Father, all glory and honor and praise belongs to you. And as we continue to worship you through the hearing of your word and of course of singing the truth about who you are, about who we are in your eyes. We thank you for the light in Jesus that reveals that truth that there is hope in this world because Jesus is coming back. And we thank you for that. In his name, amen.